sports books get taken to the woodshed in back-to-back weeks? Will the Cardinals ever lose, ever not cover? Cowboys, Cardinals, Packers, three of the hottest ATS teams in the league, all once again cover in week six, 17 and one collectively. Will anyone ever lose in Survivor again? Every top Survivor team won. Favorites blaze through the week once again. Will those playing in Lee Sharp's prediction game, who habitually max overweight favorites, ever get exposed? Not this week. So let's recap week six and preview week seven. Let's hit the opening bell. Welcome, Kings, to this edition of the Not Your Daddy's Sports Betting Podcast and live stream. Um, I'm Context Capper Zach. We have Deep Value Better Brett. Uh, let's touch uh, how performance went last week before we dig into the games and touch on week seven. So last week, the playbook uh, brought us up to 34, 30, and 10 on the season, um, which basically, as you know, the playbook is basically a strategy guide. So looking for some plus EV alpha in ways that, you know, typical traditional betters don't tend to look for, i.e. alt lines, um, exotics, derivative bets. And uh, so our game of the week cashed. Um, basically, the game script was dead on that there'd be enough volatility to get both sides, get plus three and a half or better both ways and get a nice sweet middle opportunity and some good pricing. Um, a couple others that hit that also should have brought up the, uh, you know, lowered the risk and up the, the return is we had two alt line plays, the uh, Colts and the Rams. So rather than, you know, play the minus 110 at minus 10, you know, play the minus 17 plus 220. And so had an opportunity to really, uh, you know, get some get some benefit there. So, Beautiful. yeah. And in our Circa contest selections, our core selections were Tennessee, Browns, Chargers, Packers, Colts. So we go three and two. Yes. And we're now 15 and 15 on the season. Unpalatable. Average. But recoverable. Recoverable. Yes. Uh, So we've never finished a season under 500. uh, And so now we're finishing up week six you know sitting at that 500 mark uh and like we opened up like we opened up with though i mean sports books are getting crushed this season uh favorites just are ripping every week i mean more than half of survivor is still alive and pretty much no one's been knocked out of survivor for the last two three weeks in a row uh market and that's indicative of the circa top five consensus picks the market goes four in one so our three and two we underperform by a week and we've pretty much been underperforming the market all season as the market typically leans into favorites they'll keep leaning into all the teams that have covered in the past lean into those teams into the future so if you're a momentum trader especially a momentum sports better. That's been a working strategy, just leaning into the leaning into everything that's working. Because like we also mentioned, I mean, Cowboys, 
Cardinals, Packers, you know, some of the hottest teams in the league all keep covering again. Um, there was some reversion. Chargers was another really hot team this, this season. And Bills, another very hot ATS team. Both those teams failed to cover this week uh, for only the second time uh, each. And we faded one of those and leaned into the into the Titans on Monday Night Football, getting six points at home. Uh, Bills coming off that super hot performance versus the Bills. That seemed just like, you know, an, an A-plus prime situational matchup. Uh, that was definitely an... Uh, uh, off-market view as most of the market leaned into bills. Um, just didn't want to get in front of that freight train. Um, and the other side is we bet those chargers this this weekend. And that was dead wrong almost right off the bat. Yeah. And we saw the other side of that Brandon Staley variance, which we talked about on last week's podcast as well, highlighting, isolating that critical moment in that Chargers-Browns game when it was fourth and one on their own side of the field, down two scores, and they went for it. And then we saw what happened from there. You know, they gained the momentum, tied the game, ultimately ended up winning. This was the other side of that. I mean, I think it was like midway through the third quarter or something like that, um, and they were going for it on their own 25-yard line, again, down multiple scores. And it's at that point in time, if... If you don't get it, I mean, it's it's pretty much over. And then, then it was over. Yep. Um, so how, how, how did you perform in Lee Sharp's prediction game this week? Um, once again, well, I was above water, which is good. But the market beat me again because the market keeps getting the favorites to hit, in my opinion. So, you know, the only big shocker really was the bills going down. Um, but other than that, you know, pretty standard and so were you underweight bills yes i was underweight so okay. i've i've i lean titans um okay. in that compared to the market um you know the big loss is i lean too heavily on cleveland uh Same. you know i really i i, I just there's too much of a one-sided handicap and we talked about this on a side chat today with josiah uh sharp clark is in regards to that game and it's just a point i want to emphasize is you know when you have a one-sided handicap of man cardinals on the road they're missing their coaches chandler jones is out kyler murray's banged up bet the browns it's like well hold, hold on a second browns are missing their best player browns have a banged up quarterback browns are missing offensive tackles so it, it doesn't mean that you should go cards or browns but it's a game that like why are you betting it there's not, now that it's becoming a point where there's so much variance that like if you don't have a sharp angle you really just really should just find find you know value elsewhere um and that's where i'm disappointed with the browns is it really just got caught up buying one narrative one side of a coin and not really you know mm -hmm. looking at the other side fairly um so well and on top of that you know uh you know i'm primarily especially out of our collective brain trust and the people that we pull information from i'm definitely one of the leading kind of market oriented handicappers and i'm particularly disappointed that i didn't push back on this one because obviously we saw some of the major headline driving news out of arizona you know with covid mm -hmm. etc hopkins being banged up 
Murray's shoulder kind of being banged up. And the line didn't move materially from that news. And that's usually an indication that the market was more so ahead of it and had already priced it into a substantial extent, or it doesn't matter as much as you think that it does. Again, unless, again, you want to take the angle that, well, the market's wrong about this, which this is, again, was such a, a broad headline that pretty much everyone would cite it as your leading reason for why you're leaning into the Browns. I mean, again, that's not the type of handicap that you want to be associated with, much less a side that you have high conviction overweighting. Oh, you love the Browns this week? Tell me why. Because I probably heard it on ESPN. Oh, yes, that's all the same reasons. Well, and and, and what's... what's sharp, sharp guy. What's, well, what's frustrating, too, is we've actually... I don't think we've quantified it yet, but we know that the Browns without Nick Chubb, the assumption, the market assumption is, well, Cream Hunt is, you know, he's so good. Like it's, it's, you're not, nothing's changing, but then you lose Kareem Hunt. You only have, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, so even if that was true, which it's not, you lose one of them. Like, so when Nick Chubb's out, it, the offense is not as strong it's just not and we've seen this in years past when chubb's been out it doesn't mean the browns can't have a a single good game but the offense shifts and baker is just not good enough to take advantage down the field to to kind of mitigate the loss of having you know losing their best running back so i don't know it's just it was just buying a narrative which is dumb we're smarter than that we're better than that um and hey and and, and there was some there was some some bad calls in this game um, yeah, or, early in the game passes. too yeah yeah this didn't all fall on necessarily baker mayfield as well um there there was some a key drop by oba obj that comes to mind that would have extended the drive and the momentum and instead you know resulted in no points again some bad holding calls things like this yeah. um but again this was just one of those games that just all the bad stuff just snowballed and just got out of hand and it was pretty much yeah, out yeah. of reach quite quickly and unfortunately both of our losses this week chargers and browns um kind of was a snowball effect it was like man they're just out of it real fast um so so i guess we pretty much just recapped that game uh, just yep. real quick to end on lee charps uh uh prediction game um so I creeped up. I'm to 120, almost about to break into the top 100. Again, the market. Okay, there's 800 people in this game. The market is in 50th place. <laughs> so market's good. <laughs> well, it's just that's how bad everyone is. <laughs> uh, but also, yes, that the market is again relatively uh, efficient, um, and also. That again, this the asymmetric aspect of this of when favorites keep winning, you're gonna keep eking by, and if and more or less, if favorites don't lose, um, you know, you're never gonna be you're not penalized for taking on a ridiculous amount of risk. And this the way I kind of parallel this as well is you know there's a lot of you know meme stock traders, crypto traders, and you know there's this kind of running joke of 
you know, oh, I made 1500% returns this year. And like what you as, you know, uh, a traditional portfolio manager investing in equities and fixed income and alternatives on the side made 19%. Like, wow, snooze fest. And those in the industry know that actually one of the primary ways you evaluate performance, it's not by return. Okay, it's about risk. It's, well, how much risk did you take to get that return? Because that's how you determine skill. That is actually a core component of how you actually evaluate alpha. It's how you evaluate, is your performance sustainable? Or is this performance just you're on a hot streak, you're getting lucky, and you're just well, on, yeah. you just happen yeah. to be on the right side of the market? But can you perform? Can you duplicate and replicate that performance year in, year out in different types of markets? Can you perform well when favorites are winning, aka like when large caps and kind of like all the major Facebook, Apple, Amazon are outperforming? And can you perform well when you go through a string of underdogs winning? When the favorites are getting their faces ripped off. So AKA value, small cap, you know, these types of stocks are outperforming. Mm. Can you perform well in different environments? And if you can, that's manager skill. And right now we've been in one market environment in the sports betting industry within the NFL so far this season. And that's domination by the favorites. And so that's akin to a market of all, all the only stocks winning is Amazon, Facebook, Google. And if you're not invested in those stocks, well, then you're underperforming. Hmm. And that's kind of, you know, how we've been. But again, that C is going to change. And I kind of keep saying that week in and week out. And so far, and we're week six and it hasn't. But again, we're not getting our faces ripped off. You know, it's not like we're, just, we're, we're just... trying to fade every single market, but we're going to underperform in that environment yeah no because that's not where skilled managers is it's not that where they play um but yeah yeah it's a good point yeah actually breaking i think breaking even around where where we're at which yeah. i think we're better on our actual betting um is i mean we're doing better than the sports books yeah their bets have been missing yeah. not that they bet and but... again that's why actually i think we how we can evaluate some of our skill again because we are more or less contrarians. We're gonna we'll outperform when underdogs are definitely kind of winning more so than favorites. Uh, but the, the fact that the favorites have just been crushing it all season, and the fact that we're not just performing terribly actually shows you know that. Uh, we have been able to be selective, isolate those areas of where you can be contrarian, even though there's been so few of those. I, I think I think partially it's been because there are there are more better teams and more teams that don't are, are bad, basically, than I think we thought. So there's a, there's a lot of parity. Like, I don't think there's a team that's going to go over 17 or over 18, whatever it is. Mm-hmm, but I mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. there's like the bottom five teams and then the top like seven teams are just like in different, like drastically different tiers. So we're just not getting a lot of um, competition at times. 
Um, like even look at teams last year that were actually very competitive throughout the entire season was, you know, the NFC East, like Giants, Washington, they're getting blown out left and right. Not, not always, but, you know, it's just like, you know, I mean, they were they were competitive with the best teams in the NFL last year. And like this year, I mean, they can't they can't they want some of the worst defenses in the league. So, you know, I think that the teams that we thought that weren't yeah. great, but we thought, you know, the market thought were, you know, had a capable defense, keep them in games, have just been getting completely crushed. Um, and again, it, it's it's there's really not very many good defenses in the NFL this year, like pretty poor across the board. Um, just like as far as who is the top five defense in the NFL, you know, it's like the Bears shit. That's the best defense. Rough. So, um, yeah, that's my two cents on that. But yeah, we right, can touch recapping. on the games real quick. Um, we'll try to move quickly through these so we can get to the week six or seven rather. Um, Bucks Eagles. I think this one was a pretty, uh, you know, easy pathway to the Bucks kind of dominating early, and then Eagles made a little run late. But you know, Thursday night game, kind of weird variance kind of happened yeah. in the end. Uh, Bucks secondary obviously still reeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which was somewhat yeah. predictable in the sense of you know because one of the things the kind of corollaries we were kind of comparing this to was uh, Bucks Falcons yeah. from a couple weeks ago, and it could come down to just do the Eagles have more staying power in the fact of kind of making that comeback and holding it, uh, whereas you know the Falcons made that you know we're getting dominated came back made it a game and then got dominated again in the final kind of 10 minutes as just kind of everything just unraveled and you know that somewhat kind of played out here is you know the bucks took a a a big lead you know three touchdown league er early on um and then kind of just some late scoring at the end which we've kind of seen jalen hurts and the eagles be um you know prone to doing um, you know, did it in the Cowboys game, did it in the Chiefs game, did it in this game, where they kind of just add on a lot of points closer to the end. Um, you know, and they're certainly offensively capable, especially when a team is relaxing mm-hmm. in the latter half of games, which can make, you know, the Eagles, if you're getting a sufficient amount of points, you know, attractive. And that's one of the reasons why Philly was pretty much never in this game, but still covered uh, that six and a half, seven, you know, where it floated around for most of the week. Uh, excuse me. I had a sip of water. Um, yep. I mean, I, I agree with that. Uh, you know, Bucks are going to be a tough team. I, I think there's, you know, obviously there's other teams in the NFC that have, you know, a pathway to getting the number one seed. But I really think the Bucks. You know, their schedule is so easy that good shot at still pulling that out. Um, next up, Dolphins, Jags. Uh, I know Josiah was on the Jags. I was not as keen to be on the Jags. I didn't love the Dolphins at minus three and a half. I thought three was okay. Um, but I didn't really have a strong opinion either way. Obviously, the London games can have some variance. Yeah. Um, but he called it. I think he bet Jags money line too. So, I mean, it was a, it was a toss-up type game. But, yes, for um, sure. Yeah, but I mean that you know. Yeah, when you look at the win percentage, when you look at the when you look at the win percentage, I mean Miami was favored to win this game, seventy five, eighty percent at two different times in the game. So 
in the second in the second quarter they the winning percentage got all the way up to 80 percent uh and then the win percentage in the fourth quarter got all the way up to about 75 77 percent midway through that uh fourth quarter so you know there's been a lot of really negative sentiment um around the dolphins following this game i know especially on twitter like oh calling for a total revamp of the franchise maybe even getting rid of Flor coach flores uh because you lost to the jags oh my gosh i can't believe we lost to the jags it was a three and a half We're point game that, that exactly was expected. well and and the other thing is is i mean the jags are you, you've been seeing progress from them despite you know some of the noise off field you know they continually kind of make strides on a week-to-week -week basis mm -hmm. you know kind of starting with that cards game the Bengals game you know right around that area and you know particularly out of lawrence and also leveraging lawrence's legs and things like this so and again there's because there's talent on this team remember in the off season you know again there was some tongue-in-cheek people saying like oh well, the Jags can win six to eight games this mm -hmm. year. And because the division is so bad that if they sneak out eight, maybe they even win the division. Yeah. You know, and they had a rough going of it in the beginning of the season, which was, again, predictable, especially yeah. with Urban Meyer uh, as head coach. Um, and again, they snuck this win out. It's by no means did they dominate. So I don't know what all the negative sentiment around the Dolphins is. Next week, you know, they play the Falcons. Otherwise, I would love that spot, especially off this loss in a game that they didn't play bad first. Again, there was some questionable late game decision making that allowed the, the Jacks to even get in position to kick the game winning field goal. Uh, the one reason I'm not super hot on Dolphins Falcons it's because obviously this game was just in London and now the Dolphins are playing again one week later, which is, you know, a rare phenomenon. And I guess, you know, this was up to their decision. You, hmm. you get to choose. So most teams say like, I want the buy after the yeah. London game. Uh, and they chose not to. They wanted to buy later on in the season. So now you got the Falcons coming off a buy with extra hmm. rest and the Dolphins are now short on rest coming straight from london hmm. and that's one of the reasons why i think you see this line may look unusual to some seeing falcons minus two and a half minus you know hmm. getting close to three on the road versus the dolphins Dolphins, and these teams are like somewhat comparable i guess yeah. but again yeah. so much negative sentiment following this game i would love to bet dolphins and, who knows, and may, maybe i will but i mean i, I just uh, i mean you hated the dolphins all season i mean well, actually, I, I was kind of impressed with the Dolphins. I know they're playing the Jags, oh, but you know they, they really outplayed the Jags for most of the game. Like again, I, the Jags are obviously it's an obvious reason why, but the Jags are a lot like a college team. Um, a lot of emotion, a lot of you know they were set, like I think they were crying in the locker room that they won. Like like <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> like just like very dramatic stuff. Mm -hmm. So. You know, Dolphins should have won the game. I think Dolphins will be fine throughout the season. I think they're going to figure out their their footing with Tua. Um, you know, because I mean, the Dolphins aren't aren't a two win team. The Dolphins they're they're a six seven win team. So they yeah. they this are. This is one of the reasons why you. Yeah, they're underperforming. But this is one of the reasons why even someone like you who came into the mark who came into the season bearish on the Dolphins, how now market sentiment can actually 
overextend itself to the downside mm -hmm. and actually get even more bearish than you are yeah to where now the relative perspective is now you're actually bullish on them yeah you know, well this is the, relatively this is, so. this is this is bottom this is this is actually bottom so it's it's like to your point like oh fire the coaches rebuild the they lost to the jags like burn the whole thing down it doesn't mean they can't lose to atlanta but just like from a betting perspective like no one's gonna want to bet the dolphins the next two to four weeks so it's a good time to find spots yeah. to uh no and i and i think follow. actually if if they lose to the falcons this week it could be somewhat justifiable again given the, yeah, the situational mismatch if they if they do lose, maybe th that's then like the clear buy signal here. Yeah. This is like a cautious buy signal again because of this mm -hmm. totally bizarre situational mismatch, which is you know again a historical rarity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this might not be the time because of that big wrinkle, but there's going to be a time, and it's next, probably yeah, the next, next week. week. Yeah, could be this week. Could be this week. Um, next one: Chargers Ravens. We kind of touched on it. Really, like you said, this game, you know, Chargers really didn't show up on either side of the ball, got kind of manhandled. Um, you know, th this was th this was a predictable game, I think, if you were looking for what was coming. You know, something I, I tend to look for in the NFL is last week, you know, Chargers being down 14 points to the Browns was not by accident. Um, and so, you know, when they went for it on their own 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 yard and, you know, kind of came back like it, what it did is Chargers won the game and it made everyone think Chargers are really awesome, really good. And the, you know, Browns let one slip away. Well, what, what, what it shows me is, that, well, the Chargers got some issues. And what were those issues? And they were exact or exactly what got exploited in the Ravens matchup, which, which, which ironically, we which we knew. And, and that's why it's, I'm disappointed that I didn't. You you saw through the the the, the noise better than than I, I did. I was going to say that. Um, well, I'm giving you credit. Where is it? Uh, because I was saying, because I think if you listen to our podcast last week, I love Chargers. You love Chargers, but then come Friday, you know, I was telling you, I'm like, I'm losing conviction on this, like fast, big time. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, gaining yeah. conviction on this one. <laughs> like, all right. I, yeah, I. I'm not gonna lie. So, so this is where biases come in, and I think sometimes we have to check our biases. Like you have a Chicago anti-bias. Yes. yes. I have an anti-Bengals bias, which, which came, is quant which rewarded us this week. Yes. Finally. Which is a qu quantifiable <laughs> anti-Bengals bias that I have, and I have a little. I have a bias against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Um, so, so there, there's certain teams and situations I, I know i have a little bit of bias into so you have to discount when i'm a little too excited in one direction um that it might be uh a little bit of what fomo against like ah i know he's not that good i know they're gonna lose ah shit fandom. wrong time yeah a little fandom a little little bias fandom built into um the handicap when you you know, try to find some confirmation bias. And that's usually never could be quantified as edge. No. Oh, hey, I got this no. really great fandom angle. Hey, I really don't like Lamar Jackson. I really like Justin Herbert. <laughs> Just Justin Herbert has great Dude, hair. Justin Herbert's so good. He's like, he's he's the best quarterback since Patrick Mahomes. So we have Dude, to did bet you hear him. Brandon Staley's press conference? Gotta bet. Dude. 
dude he's so good with wordsmithing controversial subjects you gotta bet him yeah um next up packers at bears this, this was one i i'm glad we came around and like we're like yeah this is this is the packers play well, this is one the- i was talking about packers all week yeah like and it was always hanging out in there in the background because you didn't agree with it like not you didn't i came around you didn't no yeah, you didn't yeah. but i'm saying like especially in the beginning of the week and also when we were kind of doing some collective decision making with sharp clark josiah and this is another one like no one agreed with me on this one like everyone just kind of wanted to pass you know whereas i loved the packers um and you know when even when we're thinking about survivor I'm, like if we weren't con- considering holiday games yeah um which i mean do, i mean the part uh, of the reason this was like my highest conviction straight up yeah. play yeah. even more so than colts well the, the reason i came around on the packers too was because i know the history of these teams and you know like rogers said after he scored that winning touchdown he said i own you and with justin fields at quarterback basically all you needed was will rogers have that one extra oomph to put green bay over the top and that was that to me was the bet so you're basically betting on aaron Rodgers versus the chicago bears who he who he owns in his own words uh so yeah definitely worked out and in my words and in your uh, words i mean again because like again i'm a bears fan and i mean again that usually reveals itself in overly bearish sentiment uh, on the bears like kind of always wanting to bet against it pretty much um but you know aaron Rodgers has dominated the bears and the, the one thing i want to point out too is again i'm from chicago like the bears packers rivalry i think is a bigger rivalry than most other kind of rival rivalries in the league and in, in a lot of other sports as well because of just the geola- geographical overlap is just so intimate. I mean, it's incestual, like the Packers and Bears fans intermingling, living in the same towns sometimes. And, or, you know, you, you live because it's just, you just cross the border there and you're kind of in Packers territory or you cross the border into Illinois and, you know, you're in Bears territory. You know, because Chicago is obviously at the top of the state, and most of the people that live in Wisconsin are there near the bottom of the state. Um, and so there is just a lot of just heated animosity uh, between the two uh, fan bases. Also, there's kind of like the big city aspect and then like the small town aspect of this as well, whereas a lot of Bears fans think they're like smarter, more educated um more intellectual and you know the packers fans are like these hillbillies you know living on a farm um and so there's just a, there's a lot of different angles at it and so all of what i'm saying is that aaron Rodgers is a part of this and knows this rivalry is very important i when i remember when lovey smith was hired by the bears his press conference his number one goal was not making the playoffs. He was not winning the Super Bowl, like a lot of teams would say. Literally, his number one goal was to beat the Packers. You come in, you beat the Packers, and that's the main goal because even if we suck, if we beat the Packers, the fan base is going to be happy. Hmm. And that's just how big of a rivalry this really is. And again, Aaron Rodgers just always shows up for this matchup. And maybe sometimes the Bears play him a little bit tough, and they did in this game. They played him a little bit tough, 
but the Packers were clearly the better team, clearly could, and, and could have won this game by more. The, and the Packers are a much better team than, than the 10-point differential shows in this one. Yep, yep, I agree with that. Uh, Bengals-Lions. Uh, Bengals took care of business. Lions, yeah. and, and again, this was kind of my concern, I think we talked about it in the pod last week, is, you know, Lions have been trying so hard and just don't have a ton of talent that you're going to have these games where, like, oh, they're going to compete in this game, and the, they just they completely shit the bed. Yeah. And it's 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 in part because, you know, you, you can only keep it up so so much, man. You get, you start to, you know, when you're, when you're losing, you start to get a losing mentality, and it just becomes a spiral effect into, eh, maybe we do suck. Eh, maybe I just want to get the season over, you know. whatever and and, you know i'm disappointed that we had a little bit of lions exposure i think we picked them in one of our joint um contest entries and that was pretty pretty much it um but i'm disappointed that we had any because i think what i was talking about on the pod last week was you know there's this even though the lions keep losing there was this like boost of market sentiment positive sentiment towards them um because they keep playing so hard and they keep playing kind of relatively close and oh like look at dan campbell's like emotion in in the press conference like oh that makes me want to like fight for him um you know and it's like even though they keep losing again playing relatively poor um that there was this elevated sense of, of like market support and you know, I mean, the Lions being only three-point underdogs in this in this instance, I mean, it was like three and it was three and a half, kind of waffling back and forth. Doesn't matter if they're at home. Who cares? Like the Bengals are clearly a much <coughs> better team, uh, and in fact, the even despite how well the Bengals kind of play, uh, they they're one of the teams that does not get respect. Uh, and it's not getting respect this week, you know, being a touchdown underdog versus, versus um, the Ravens. And it's not to say that the Bengals are a bona fide good team because, as we talk about every time, they have some of the worst coaching in the league. So that's always going to be an Achilles heel there and can be especially exploited by a good coaching team. Crap. Um, and, you know, and you didn't have that mismatch here in, in this in this particular game. Uh, so I, I wish we would have been a little bit ballsy and leaned harder into the Bengals thinking that this was probably a dramatically mispriced game, probably off by three, four points. Um, too bad. Well, yeah, especially because, you know, all of the Lions come back from behind, you know, look at us. We're pretty fluky, right? So it's not like... Yeah, they've hung around. They're not. They're not as bad as people think. Yeah, they had a you know a lead on the Packers at a half, but like they could easily have lost all their ga- games by margin. Yeah. In the I end. mean, hey, yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah, definitely. I mean, so. I think the coaching staff is getting the best out of these players, but we know their defense is absolutely decimated, um, and that Jared Goff still is not a good quarterback. Um, and yeah this was like just a very elevated price you should have this should have been a quick sell take advantage of that Mm -hmm. 
overextension in, in broader market sentiment for the Lions. Too bad we didn't. But now, you know, a little bit of preview for next week. It just looks like the market has now just really sold off on the bad teams and the teams that keep winning and keep covering now like this is peak peak buy. oh i think the i think the, you know to the book's credit i think they're they're basically saying we're not i mean i'm not i don't know what the the line was previously but could it be a we're not going to lose on this fucking game again like we're not gonna, <laughs> or this like team, yeah. or, the, or the like you're not gonna be able to parlay the five biggest favorites and win. Just, we're not going to let you do it. Like, we're just going to. Well, and even with the teasing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, Texans at Colts. Speaking of big favorites winning by margin, um, we had the Colts in our survivor and in uh, the uh, contests. Yep. So this Minus cash 10. pretty, obviously pretty easily. Basically the, the handicap to me was pretty simple is, you know, uh, uh, David Mills played uh, box score well versus the Patriots at home, but it was a little bit misleading. There was a couple of big plays that had some variance that he was a beneficiary of, and he, to me, played pretty average to below average. It was nothing as good as the box score indicated. Um, and then the Colts played really well, especially offensively, especially the running backs versus the Ravens, and that's that's what they want to do anyways. So I didn't see that stopping versus the Texans. So really it came down to, well, Colts are going to get their points. Running backs are going to do well. Um, will the Texans keep up? And, you know, based on the situation, the home, David Mills having variance to the downside, you know, it was obviously a Colts are off play and, you know, we ended up going with the Colts. So, yeah. yeah. That was an easy one. And, you know, one of the things that really did, and obviously there's all those offensive line injuries for the Titans that, I mean, the Texans that yeah, really that persuaded yeah. us uh, from one side to the other. And that really gave us the conviction also to put Colts in Survivor, even though it was the clear slam dunk consensus play of the week. Uh, I think more than 50% of the pool ended up picking them. Um, and then we had Steelers in our other Survivor pool. So we we have two entries in, in Circa's Survivor made it all the way through week six and beyond but again half the pool has so nothing to really pat ourselves on the back the only thing i would pat ourselves on the back is saying that we have some great teams still at our disposal because we haven't just been betting all of the best teams in order yeah. to get here we've been taking some chances um and been getting away with it um which given that a lot of favorites have been winning has probably been one of the best strategies to do so we're definitely sitting pretty uh, but you know, another thing that convinced me on this matchup specifically was Josiah Sharp Clark, his analysis, you know, he loved Texans last week, you know, again, was his game of the year per se. Um, and it won. Good. Good and call. then what I liked was then now this week, now you got Texans plus 10 versus a beat up Colts team. And he's like, oh no, now I hate the Texans. And now I like the Colts yeah, and I, you know, and we've, you know, cause we've gone through this, uh, when you're kind of much more in sync with the teams, like, you know, when to lean into them, you know, when to lean out of them. And you know, it's cause you're not a fan and you're not like, Oh, well, this team made me money and now I like them. Or you have like this positive mm -hmm. kind of perspective of them, you know, and you have these weird intangibles that are driving your decision-making even unbeknownst to you. 
which is obviously a weakness. You don't want that. And I liked, and now he's like, oh no, I really like Colts and this is the reasons why. Um, and so I liked just that right off the bat because I could tell that his decision-making wasn't being influenced mm. again by some of these outside factors that are ultimately to your to the, your, the detriment of your handicap. Um, and that those factors weren't driving the decision. And then again, some of the offensive line stuff started to pile up and it was kind of like the handicap just getting, kept getting stronger through the week. Um, you know, and so we ultimately ended up cashing tickets, ended up winning in the contest and winning in Survivor. Nice. Next up, Rams at Giants. Another big favorite crashes, uh, crappy team. Um, this was what, like we, we already And this one we got on. burned on. Yeah, again, this is one where, you know, we're going to pivot our contest strategy a little bit. Um, you know, basically what we've been doing is kind of like trying to get to a consensus on our five picks, which is not really great with three people. Like two people, I think you can do it. Three people is just, you know, we all see things slightly differently. So we're not getting the best of our plays. We're kind of succumbing to our average plays, which, average you results. know. You get average results, and that's the word. That's what we're 15 consensus and 15. building. Consensus building returns consensus results, and consensus so, results are not going to get you anywhere in contest. In a contest, no, no. So while it feels good to go into picking games where we all say, you know what, we all like this, it's just not a great strategy. So we're going to pivot and see if we can kind of get some alpha yeah. along the way. Because yeah. um, then also, because what you're doing is, is is you're also missing out on some of those edgy picks that, yes. again, we Would think you, we're all relatively yeah. sharp handicappers. But if you have an edgy pick, it's hard to necessarily build a consensus around that. Yeah. And then you're well, missing yeah, out have, on those picks. And then, and then coming to consensus on five of them with three people. I mean, just think of the numbers of trying to pull that. It's, I mean, that's just impossible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, I was lamenting to you earlier, you know, disappointed that we are coming to this realization here in week seven yeah, uh, week and we didn't three. do it in well week zero uh yeah. would have been ideal um well it's probably more prepared it's probably season, but we're building and we're building and we're building so it's you know like yeah. minds are here and there and, and other things but you know it'll be good also not just for this season but you know for for next season and future seasons you know when we want to do this sort of kind of collective you know, handicapping with contests mm -hmm. and, and things like that. So it'll be fruitful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, in this game, I mean, obviously, you know, Rams dominated everything. I don't upgrade um, them off this, though. I mean, it was... it was. Yeah, no, it's... it's. This is another one that was just kind of... It just snowballed and, yeah. you know, and it just got out of control and then it was done. Yeah. Tony got yeah. knocked out early of this game, too. So, you know, obviously one of their better weapons at, at Danny Dimes' disposal... Mm. And I think this is one of the things that we know when you back a, 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 a bad team, this can happen. Yep. Yep. And it happens. Um, next up, another one. Chiefs dominated uh, Washington uh, with with ease. This was kind of, uh, I think dominated. we all, yeah, to a degree. I mean, it was close early in the first half, um, but then Chiefs pulled away. In part because, you know, Tyler Heineke is that kind of quarterback. He's going to have a good game. He's going to have a bad game. Um, obviously, the Washington defense is nothing to write home about. But then again, who's stopping the Chiefs these days? Um, 
but yeah, it, it came down to, you know, Tyler Henneke had a bad game versus a defense that's that's probably starting to figure out how not to suck entirely. Um, so yeah, nothing too crazy. Yeah, I mean, Chiefs I are clearly the better team, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, midway through the third quarter, I'm looking at the win percentage chart. Started to favor Washington midway mm-hmm. through the third. Um, you know, obviously, and that's not necessarily because the Chiefs weren't able to move the ball or anything like that. But, you know, again, the turnovers and stuff like that, um, bad decision making, drop passes, you know, just forcing the issue. Uh, but, you know, Washington was not able to capitalize on KC's miserable defense. Uh, again, they made some mistakes as well, some turnovers. Um, so, again, not, not a great showing by Washington. But, again, Chiefs just continue to kind of make it tough if you want to bet them. Uh, because even though they ended up winning this game by 20, there was certainly yeah, several moments. for Again, 75% of this game, you're thinking, like... They're not going to They're not going to cover. They're not going to cover, yeah. Because... <laughs> Again, you, it's just you, bizarrely low scoring, and again, it's like yeah. you always know the Chiefs are going to win this game. Like they're gonna, they're gonna win the game, but you don't know by how much. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, which is weird because you, you'd think a team would, you know, this kind of pedigree and could find a way to just kind of get up and get up early and just kind of have some easier wins. Yeah, um, just, it's not happening. No. Yeah. Uh, next up, Raiders Broncos. You know, this this is a, a tough game to handicap because you just didn't know what you're going to get out of the Raiders. You know, yeah. credit to Ron Ron A Sports kind of talking up the Raiders in this spot. Um, it was just the reason it was hard for me is because typically when coaches you know get removed, it's because they're fired and not from a dramatic I messed up with emails ten years ago or three years ago, whatever it was. So it was hard for me to know which way to lean, but I did, I did put on the report that if the Raiders did not come out flat, that getting on the Raiders was viable, was was where yes. you should go. Because, you know, if this was if this was no John Gruden firing, I would have liked the Raiders in this spot. So um they, they, they played this well. This was the game that I made the most money on, live betting. And that's why it'll be fun to do, you know, again in the second half of the season when we're gonna start live streaming our trading. I think we're going to start with the late afternoon games and, you know, continue to see how it plays out over the course of the season, but it'll be fun to do, you know, and for anybody who wants to join and chat and, you know, kind of trade along with us. But this was the game I made the most money on this week because it was exactly for that reason was you wanted to see for like the first quarter, are the Raiders going to just come out just flat, not prepared, kind of distracted. And the fact that they were even just hanging around, much less taking the lead, and the line, the live line, was very slow to kind of, kind of pivot off mm. its prior, which was you know, yeah. Yeah. Broncos, Broncos three, three, three and, and a half, half four. Yeah. Um, you know, I got the Raiders plus three and a half, and just pounded that uh, because if there was no distractions and you knew these teams were just basically going to play, you know, to their talent then the Broncos should not be minus three and a half. No. You know, it probably should be closer to pick maybe Broncos minus one because they have the home field advantage and they have a special home field advantage. But the Broncos have played poorly several weeks in a row now. Uh, 
and the Raiders are coming off a weird flat spot. So yeah, if you could get a decent performance from the Raiders, they're going to hang in this game. Then. And you could see that in that first quarter. Awesome live betting opportunity and like your playbook just home run. Love it. Yeah, and then that's why that's why I like I like you know really trying to work for predicting game flows because you never know when that opportunity might present itself in live games and you get some really good live line value. So even if you lose, you know, you put yourself in a position to, you know, maybe live play both ways, you know, different, you know, strategies, you know, kind of take advantage of some, you know, good alpha. Um, next up, Cowboys, Patriots. This is a, I'm annoyed. This, this game annoys me. Patriot, you know, I, re, I rewatched it uh, this uh, earlier today, and you know, Cowboys are clearly the better team overall. Patriots don't have a lot of weapons, but the game flow was exactly the type of game that Patriots 100% should have covered, and probably should have won straight up. Yes. So it just kind of the variance just didn't go their way. Cowboys could have kicked a field goal to win it but a one big play at the end they get the touchdown instead an ot to get the cover so i guess it happens it just sucks if you were on the patriots especially in contests like that's a game that like that's gonna like in some of our in some of our contests we had one one yeah i mean it's gonna cost someone like uh they cost them 50 grand because of that variance but well this was a great this was a microcosm of just the season in general which is you know the favorites here again to your point the cowboys maybe should have won definitely probably should have covered and they end up doing both (laughs) uh in the final play of the game in ot ot yeah um and the the underdog backers and you know just continue to uh you know bankroll keeps dripping lower yeah well uh, next game game i I missed um vikings panthers this was a weird weird game um vikings were clearly the better team uh defensively and offensively yet once again the vikings somehow dominate the game and let the panthers tie it and they go into overtime and vikings luckily go down and get a touchdown but Mm -hmm. Something it, it you just can went. handicap, though. Yeah, that's true. Because, again, it's yeah. not surprising. No, no, it's not. Um, I mean, obviously, Vikings got the cover now. Um, and, you know, they should have. They sh- But they could have won- lost straight up. Um, but I, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong with the Vikings. Because th- this is the perfect example of offense played well. Defense played really well. Dominating the game. Let the team tie it go to OT. Just like versus the Lions, like what do you like? What the, like what do you do? Like how does this ha- keep happening? It just keeps happening. So I, I, as much as we were bullish on the Vikings to start this season, I, I mean, whatever's in the water, whatever the coaching's doing, whatever the mentality is, for some reason, you cannot trust this team. Which basically what it means when you say you can't trust a team, what it means is you better have some really good edge or value to bet them like if, if you're betting like you like you could get away betting a bad line on a team that's really hot like the cardinals or you know maybe you know a, a big good team like chiefs bucks like you could get away with it here and there 
But mm-hmm. teams like the Vikings, like if you're getting a bad line, like I mean, if you're getting a good line, you're 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 in a risky spot. So yeah. um, it's just kind of keep an eye on that for betting uh, into the future. Yeah, and, and again, there was um, you know some good plays, some bad plays, but net net, you know, bad negative performance by Sam Darnold. Um, yep. you know, negative EPA, negative CPOE. Um, he's, he's done. He's not. He's not done. The pan- well, for the because pan- again, he I, still I, then can redeem himself. Um, he can. In he can. like it when you see him play again, like to me, it's not like he's unrecoverable. You know, there's bright spots there. It's just like what are you? It's just like what, what are you doing? Sometimes, like it's not that he can't, he doesn't have the physical ability to do certain things, you know, or they're like it doesn't because it just comes down to legit decision making, yep. you know. Um, and it's just like, well, just don't do that thing because you don't need to, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and again, like, again, he helped them certainly get back into this game and into OT. Well, he was, and that's the thing. He was terrible, and then all of a sudden, he turned it on for a drive, and he looked great. He looked great. Yeah, very. I don't. I don't know what it is. I don't. He's. I don't know. It might be the ghost. Yeah, that's why I. I hope they'll be patient, and I think they will. You know, they've they've certainly given up enough. Is you know, he's got to keep playing this whole season, get the whole season, and again, he was not helped by a lot of his receivers. Oh, I yeah. mean, drop, yeah. drop, 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 left and right. Yeah, him, him uh, and Robbie Anderson are not on the same page. Like, I, it's I don't not know. even not being on the same. Oh, they're not on the same page. But well, also, it's not even even when they're on the same page, then drops it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, even even DJ Moore was dropping passes. Yeah. Um, well, he dropped he dropped the first down right before he made the big play. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So um, you know again, the fact that the Panthers even tied this, um, and got to where they were was actually pretty impressive on their end. So in select spots, we ended up not betting. You know, we didn't have any Panthers. I mean, there was tons of hot money on the Vikings this week. I mean, this moved from, you know, plus two to minus two, minus two and a half by kickoff. Um, I thank you. And, you know, it was I not something my we house. wanted to participate in. Yeah, I mean, I did, but that was a personal choice. Um, but yeah, it was still kind of fluky in the end. Um, Seattle at Pittsburgh. This is a game also rewatched today. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, they didn't dominate the game, but they were they were in the lead the entire game. I don't think they ever trailed. Um, you know, it was a case of Seattle really uh, neutered uh, Geno Smith this game, especially in the first half. And the running game is what got Seattle going in the second half and then kind of opened things up for Geno. I think Seattle would have been better served to just say, you know, kind of throw Geno out there and let him, let him take some shots, let him get a little more aggressive early, get him comfortable, more comfortable early. And they didn't do that. So I think I, again, it's a Pete Which Carroll part type of our handicap. Yeah, Pete Carroll type team just didn't, you know, Steelers did what they were going to do, play pretty good defense overall, not not amazing, but okay. And, you know, Steelers didn't do any turnovers and got got a couple early touchdowns and, you know, hit their 20-point mark. Um, but, yeah, Seattle, I mean, I think if, if, if they just let loosen up Geno Smith, 
I, I think Seattle can win some games with him. I, I don't love the team, and the defense is not very good. But the weapons on offense, I mean, they, they can run the ball. They have, obviously, DK, um, you know, and some other receiver options. So I, I like what I see from Geno Smith. I just don't think Seattle is going to utilize what he's capable of. So that's kind of where the bet has to come from is are they going to let him, you know, play play to his strengths a little bit? And I don't think so. First of all, again, we haven't seen anything disastrous per se. Um, he did fumble that basically in the end that gave the Steelers yeah. the game. Um, in one and a half, we haven't seen anything disastrous per se in one and a half games to make us suggest why is Geno Smith still even in the league? Like, yeah. he looks like an NFL quarterback, clearly a backup, but a serviceable backup. Yeah. But I'm not ready. I mean, again, it was several years ago now, so maybe he really has matured. He's improved his game. I allow for that. But, man, he was not good at all when he was with the Jets. Uh, again, he had a big arm. And he could bomb some throws, but sometimes it was just hopes and prayers. Like, And sometimes they hit and sometimes they didn't. Um, and it was mostly they did. Uh, it was mostly like thoughtless bombs, you know. Yeah. Um, and again, like I allow for him to maybe, you know, he's got sharper uh, because he has, I think, the skill set. Um, well, and, and real quick, like kind of real talk from like, especially from like a quarterback mentality acumen, you know, in my opinion, there's there's a, a big difference between between being 23 and 33 just from a sharpness of experience of what you know like like Sam Darnold like yeah he's been in the league 3 4 years now but like he's still like 24 years old like or 23 yeah. like he's no offense he's an idiot like i'm just saying like a court like Aaron Rodgers regardless of his talent his his like just human acumen in his early 30s is heads and shoulders above anything Josh Allen is or anything Sam Darnold is like it's just well and it's one of the reasons why someone like Ben Roethlisberger can probably even still be in the league Mm -hmm. is just because of his ability it's in his head you know what he has to bring to the table as Mm -hmm. far as decision making reading defenses you know being a leader and much less so the physical ability at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Still looks like he's what shot putting the ball. It's pretty <laughs> embarrassing. I honestly don't know how he's how he is in the league. But uh, last, but yeah, uh, my, my main takeaway from this would be I do not upgrade Steelers by any means. I mean, they didn't no. cover and just squeak no. out a win. I'm not. No, uh, the Steelers, I mean, I'm not upgrading exactly. the downgrade of this of the Seahawks post Russell Wilson from this either. It's kind of yeah. like still a wait and see. Yeah. Um, but, but I'll say like Seattle is definitely capable in the right spots. Like th- this was a game where like, yeah, they don't look incapable. Like yeah, yeah. They this, can, this they isn't a up, team. Yeah, they they they're they they're a twenty point team now. Like they're they're they're, they're, they're often just kind of like the Steelers to be honest. Like they're not going to put up thirty one points. I mean they can, but obviously, um, not consistently. Um, Bills at Titans. Yeah, Titans we had, got uh, the win. Exposure to two Titans. Titans win straight King, King King Henry. Yeah. Uh, 
And this was it's, definitely the right side as they were in kind of like winning oh, or, well they, you know, within well, yeah, the margin. And even, even just the matchup. I mean, you know, there's a lot of Bill's defense is amazing going into this game. And the Titans shut that down because they, they just out, you know, manhandled them. They just were more physical, had more power. And, you know, I think Bill's is a little bit of a finesse defense, rely a lot on speed and aggressiveness but not necessarily size and strength. And that showed showed itself in this game. They just didn't have the strength and toughness. Like not that they're tough, but like just physical edge really went yeah. to the Titans. And that's really the difference in this game. So Well, and also there was this post hoc evaluation of them post Chiefs game where it was like, I think the Bills defense is kind of good. And then they slow down the Chiefs. Oh, well, then they must be really good now. Mm-hmm. You know, like now you've got confirmation. Now, but yeah, but maybe they are, are good defense, but they cannot be a great defense every single yeah. week. Like it's not, it's not how it works. And especially yeah. coming off a big win, going on the road on Monday Night Football, for say more than capable offense that some people would think was a, a top five offense coming into the league uh, or coming into the season. Um, and yeah, they're banged up and stuff like that, but obviously they easily have the best running back in the league. Um, you know, more than capable quarterback who can do the things that he needs to do. Uh, and then are getting healthier along in the wide receiver, in the wide receiver yeah. room. Although it looks like Julio Jones got banged up again in this game. So you're going to want to have to monitor that moving forward. But the Titans should never have been plus six. <laughs> for this match. Oh, no, no. That's well, that, and that's why we bet it. It's just I think I think that was the final nail in the coffin was this line is just so big for no reason. It's just it's crazy. It was. All right. Next week. We're on to the next week. Next week. So Crossfire, so, uh, what we played last week, I picked five games for you. You picked five games for me. We didn't keep track of our record, so we're going to have to look back on that. We'll, we'll update the records next week, uh, but we have to we forgot exactly who we picked last week. You think you beat me. I think I beat you. No, I think so, I won. <laughs> um, so we'll keep track of that next week. But what I was thinking about what we should do for whoever wins, more or less for whoever loses. Whoever loses, we have to do that spinning game that we did again, hmm. um, where everyone who watches our live, you know, it's say a Sam Darnold jersey. Not a Sam Darnold jersey. <laughs> But we'll figure out what it is, but it's got to be $100 or more in value. And, you know, whoever will we'll keep track of who watches our live stream, like the final weeks of the season, like last, you know, uh, 15, 16, 17. And everyone who kind of watches our live stream weeks 15, 16, 17 gets entered into the contest. And then we'll do the spinning thing. Spin and then wheel. the loser has to pay out to whoever that person is do we buy so them something or do we pay them in crypto i think we give them a hundred dollars in bitcoin a hundred bitcoin yeah yeah a hundred bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> hey how'd you guys start your company gave away a hundred bitcoin holy shit we made it um uh, all right okay so, so crossfire picks. you I'll pick first, first. Okay. i'm going to give you <sighs> love it Bengals Ravens Bengals plus six and a half on the road my biases are here over over under 46 and a half my I I really only apply this to division games 
But like, typically these teams, when they play each other, Ravens have tended to fare well against the Bengals. But I hate that the Bengal Ravens had a really good game last week. Um, Bengals are playing well. I, I, I got to give Bengals credit. They have been playing well. I, have they gotten crushed? When's the? I don't think they have. Or is there one game they got beat pretty bad? Um, no, I don't think so. So they've been in every game. Um, and and Bengals defense. I mean that that's what's been impressive. Uh, so yeah, I think I'm gonna take the points. I think I'm just gonna let it be what it is. Just take the Bengals, take the points at this okay. point. All right, so I'm marking you down for Bengals. Do you want to be cocky again and and you want to go Bengals money line? No, absolutely not. So this is what I'm gonna say about this: is this again anecdotally? Still got a couple days here, so I'm gonna. This isn't my fully crystallized handicap on this, but I'm going to say I like Ravens now mm-hmm. because you've been so anti-Bengals all season. And now you're late to the party. Now you're trying to drink the Kool-Aid. You're late. All right. And one of the things I would I say like about it. the Ravens is we know, I mean, when they get going, when they start mm-hmm. figuring things out, it's, 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 it's really not train. that volatile. Yeah. It's like no, they no. just keep ramming it down people's throats. And, the one thing that you will have to admit is kind of it's like the Ravens kind of keep getting better every week. I mean, they dealt with a lot of injuries and they've been dealing with a lot of injuries and they are dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, but, you know, they're. Well, I think they have the, Chargers, the coaching staff. They have some of the like senior leaders on the team yeah. to be able to kind of make it through. Yeah. Fill the holes, plug the gaps. And that's what they're doing. And they're putting in some really good performances kind of well, week in, week it- out. And you make a good point. I mean, let's, you know, not not to dig too hard on recency bias, but the, who did these two teams play last week? Chargers and Lions. Just from a, man, you know, Bengals looked pretty good. Who gives a shit? They played the, they played the Lions. Like, you know, it's, it's, I mean, the Ravens had a very impressive win and really took care of the Chargers. So I think you might be right. I mean, kind of, you know, just finding their rhythm. Though. I did, so it's definitely going to go the other way. Um, and again, I, I might not actually, again, this is like, this is almost barely a team-oriented handicap. It's more or less just an evaluation of broader market rhythm and the yeah, fact that you've yeah. been so anti-Bengals all season and you keep missing out on all the opportunities to make money on them, and now you want to do it. Now you see the I light. Don't, I don't want and to. And you're late. You're late. You're late. <laughs> That's fair, but I don't want to take it away from me. Um, all right, so your game, I'm gonna do just because I like to see you squirm. Chicago at Tampa. <laughs> yeah, uh, twelve and a half. Uh-huh. I'm gonna go. I want to see the injury report on this but for the sake of this game i'm gonna go bears wow look at you 12 and a half it's hideous but it's an awkward number i I see that they don't want to go to a full 14 anymore um i don't know if it ever got that high in fact i think maybe i saw a 13 or something so maybe it looks like there's a little bit of buyback but this is like just i mean it's a lot of points i mean i don't know actually i mean 
what? Falcons. Why much were Falcons? Falcons were like eleven and a half, right? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to pull this card, but I'm going to. Bucks have really not done a good job covering. Um, I don't really see where Justin Fields is gonna like fare well in this game, other than connect on a couple deep passes. Some bombs, yeah. But that's I think it's that, some bombs, that, and it's gonna be the Bears' defense that. I mean, again, it's it's not a great handicap. <laughs> I'm not going to be no. betting bears, but my angle would be that you know, again, that the, the, the we're in like kind of this mid-season form where it's like, all right, the Bucks have kind of taken care of business. They've gotten their wins. They know who they are. Like maybe this is like a little bit of a relaxed game. You know, we got again, we see that type of thing happen. Um. You know, the Bears have shown signs of being able to, like, I don't know. Like, it's actually not yeah, great. It is, it is a <laughs> lot of points, though. It's it's, it's a lot of I points. Mean, and I think, again, like, Justin Fields can throw a decent deep ball. It's whether well, or I not. Think... So, and, and, the, and the Bucks have a secondary that is exploitable. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think the Bears are going to hang with them, make it a close game. But I think this definitely can be some, like, a backdoor opportunity for sure. I, I agree. I agree with the back door. And I think a way to consider handicapping big spreads like over 10 is, you know, you really have to have a clear angle, ideally on both sides that, you know, the, the away and the home team that like, who's like, somebody has got to, you got to have an edge of like, one of them's going to either, either score a lot of points or one of them's going to have a really bad offensive performance, ideally both. Right. So it's kind of like why I like the Colts last week is I, I, f- I thought there was edge on both sides of it. So for this, is there edge on Bucks scoring a lot of points? Eh, no, nah, it doesn't really look like it. Um, the bear, the bears getting dominated. It's, it's feasible, but I think oh, it's definitely feasible. You know, it's definitely Again, like, I, I don't know if I'm actually, I could easily see 38 to 10 too. So, yeah. Well, and that's and that's but see that to me is how you have to approach the game is is which where where are your leans for how that Bears offense is going to perform in this game and how the Bucks offense is going to perform in this game and if you have if you have a good lean that like oh Bucks are going to score points and the Bears won't score points like like then it's like oh okay well actually you can take the twelve and a half and go and lay it um, so yeah okay my turn I'm going to do Stafford Goff revenge game. Lions plus 14 Jesus, on the douche. road versus the Rams over under 51. Hmm. Interesting. Well, so Goff is definitely going to want to play well here, regardless if he can. Um, I mean, this is very personal for him. I, I honestly think he was shell-shocked that McVay rugged him. Um, but if it's Goff versus McVeigh, I mean, who's got the edge? Obviously, McVeigh. Yeah. But I also wonder, you know, God, it's just hard. It's hard to double into what's already happened. You know, Rams crush Giants. They're going to crush the Lions again. 14 points is a lot again. So you got to look at it from can the Lions score some points here? I think they can get to 17, 20 points. And the Rams have underperformed. Rams have. Like, I mean, it's not that they have underperformed. They have had instances of underperforming. Yeah. And then and then Rams um 
No, I mean, you know, Sonny Michelle's a little banged up. You know, Lions' real Achilles' heels. You know, the rush. Um, that's. I mean, the whole defense. Let's be honest. Um, See, that's the thing is, 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 is the Lions' defense. And what I would say is, I mean, again, I don't want to get... influence. I don't want to influence your decision here yet. So keep going. I think I'm gonna do Lions because I think I think thir- I think 31 to 20. I mean, you're you you cover. So. Yep. What I would say is, again, just thinking about, you know, we've been handicapping, watching football for a long time. And it's kind of like the reverse Ravens type aspect where it's like, like you talked about earlier, the Lions have been out of a lot of games, but then like kind of make it a game in the end where it was like, there was a fine line of them making it somewhat of a competitive game or getting crushed. And now we got that big crush by the Bengals. And it's now it's like, do you have a few weeks of like this spiral out of control mm. type few series of games that all kind of lines up right too for you just to get crushed? Because again, they they in a lot of games they were losing by double digits and then they make it a game. Yeah. Um, do the Rams? Do the Rams even let the Lions make it a game? Because is there this weird again ulterior you know, alternative reasons? Obviously, both teams want to win the game. They want to win every game, you know. Like so, you like even when you say like, oh well, Goff definitely wants to win this game. Goff wants to win all the games, <laughs> you know. Um, and if anything, I would say, oh, Goff definitely wants to. Win. I feel like he's emotionally distracted by this game, yeah, you know. Like you're like overly focused, and so like who is going to be compromised by that more so him or McVeigh? Cause again, like the Rams staff knows Goff, the Lions staff doesn't know Stafford, but it's a new yeah. staff. Yeah. yeah. So hmm. again, you pick the Lions, yeah. you locked it in. You're, you're deeply exposed to the Bengals and Lions right now. Um, <laughs> two teams you've not wanted to support all season. I've supported um, Lions. I've had some Lions support. Maybe. Uh, I probably would not bet Lions here. This is one oh, I gotta, big I gotta, line I gotta, that I probably would not, not bet. I got a good one for you. Okay. No, I don't want that one. You have a good one, but you're hesitating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm building it up. The suspense mm-hmm. is killing you. Um. Yeah, Eagles Raiders. Eagles plus three. Uh, Raiders. I, I think. I think this is clear. Raiders. In fact, and it looks like it's going to go to two and a half. So, are you going to give me two and a half? Yeah, you can have it. I don't think it comes Thanks. into play. All right. I think um, if Eagles cover, they're going to win straight up. So. Maybe I could. I, I could definitely see it being three. Um. Again, obviously, I want to take a little bit closer look at the injuries, things like that, because I would say I'm taken by surprise by if especially this going to two and a half. Because, I mean, again, maybe you had this one hurrah type game versus the Broncos, and now there's like the hangover effect of the reality of the situation, and you still don't have, you know, Gruden, and there's like some after effects here. And like they're not out of the woods of that quite yet. Um, 
it's like they built off the adrenaline or whatever kind of was you know kind of we're gonna show them or whatever i don't you know and you just have this like kind of standalone outperforming game yeah. uh but on the other side is again maybe it's not that big of, of a deal as far as you know it's a big off the field deal but maybe it's not a big on the field deal which is obviously two different things and maybe there isn't a, a meaningful overlap between the two to the point where it actually affects on field performance and if that's the case i feel like the raiders should easily be minus three or more versus the eagles yeah. um because I, I mean what, what is this say the gruden thing doesn't even happen it's raiders two and a half raiders uh, three or is it like raiders would... four yeah, definitely four over and a half. three. Yeah. yeah, three and a half to four and a half, I would say. Yeah, and so that's why I would say Raiders. Yeah, Raiders. yeah that's, that's fair. That's fair. So, which is next? You have no angle? Nothing? Uh, Basically, you said you think the Eagles are going to win straight up. I said if they cover, they're going to win straight up, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think either Raiders kind of pull away, you know, win by six to ten, or you know, Eagles sneak it out somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what I'm gonna give you is Saints on the road, Monday Night Football, four and a half ooh, minus four ooh, and a half ooh. versus Seattle. Over under forty two and a half, super low, and that's really assuming that I mean they're gonna keep Geno on a leash still. And that's going to be run, run, run. Hmm. Interesting. 42 um, and a half. 42 and a half for Monday Night Football. Yeah. I don't know. I With the, with the Saints having the bye week. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the only thing is going West Coast. You know, when the Saints start this game, their body clock's going to be like 11 p.m. at night. No, this makes no sense. I seriously, you're Is a West that? Coast guy. No, you're a West Coast guy, okay? And there's other West Coast guys that think along these lines. Remember, okay? It's Monday Night Football. This game starts at the same time, like the same absolute right. time, no point. matter where you are. So, but I seriously, I've heard that comment <laughs> from multiple West Coast people. I don't know why. Why did I think that? Wait, no. Are you? Sh- hold on. Hold on a sec. Yes, the game starts like the the time of the game does not change where it is. So no, no, I understand that. No, no. Well, what we're saying is, if the Saints are on closer to Eastern uh, Standard Time body clock, when they go to the West Coast and have a seven p.m. Pacific oh. time start time. No, no, but the game starts at the so if it was oh, in I guess New you're Orleans, right. it's, yeah, it's I guess starting right. at the same time. If it's in Seattle, starting yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I guess the right. relative the, the, times are yeah. different, but it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. And also, I mean, again, but even beyond that, again, the research that we've done on the off season like demonstrates like this is not an actionable angle anyway. If yeah, anything, yeah. it That's has fair. the inverse effect. The market overcompensates for this market angle, and that. Seriously, nobody, no handicapper should cite this travel aspect as an angle to support the team that's not traveling because it is overpriced. It's overpriced yeah, in the market. That's fair. That's fair. Um, 
Yeah, it is a... It's a lot of points, but I don't know if Seattle's going to take advantage. Um, yeah, but I, I think I would still take Seattle. Um, yeah. Take the four and a half. Monday night, Crad will be pumped. Gino might have a good game. You don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, this is a tough one. This is a little bit too many points, I feel like. Yeah, I think so it should be three. Probably and a half, would have three. to do Seattle. Because it really just comes down to how error prone is Gino going to be? Because, again, we've only seen one and a half games. In one and a half games, you can not look yourself, your true self. You can, you know, you put in together a few good games. The defenses haven't adjusted, defenses don't have tape. Now, New Orleans has one and a half games of 2021 version of Gino. That's more of an edge than Pittsburgh had. Hmm. And it was more of an edge than the Rams had, obviously. And does Gino revert more to form as defenses adjust? And you get even more kind of mistake because he was mistake prone too. That was like one of the biggest criticisms in, hmm. in the past. Putting the teams in bad positions, turnovers, things of the sort that could show up in this game obviously versus very well coached saints team a game i don't want to bet but i would probably lean saints but i'm terrible at betting monday night football so are you so <laughs> I think we're we're one to know if the win. season started yesterday True. i mean last last week um, uh packers washington washington plus eight yeah, I'm going to have to go Packers here. Minus the eight in Green Bay. I mean, I think Washington can hang around a little bit. But, I mean, again, that secondary has just been torched by so many teams. And now what? Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, Washington on the road. That's going to be the game that their secondary outperforms. I don't, I don't no, see it. I, I, I do think it's a little high of a line, though. It's so it's I, high, but I do think Green Bay wins by double digits is, is the thing. So, Well, I, I mean, this is really going to be a game where there may or may not be a backdoor cover. Like, it's going to be close. Like, it's going to be at that 11 to 13 mark, and you're just going to be like, are they going to cover? Are they not going to cover? Um, so yeah, there may I not mean, be. It could a, be. May not be. A, yeah, 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 yeah. I could, I, 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 I could see it, but. I don't want to play for that angle. So, I mean, can can Washington win the game? Unless, like you said, there's a reversion of the defense, which seems unlikely. So, probably not. The way Washington wins this game is like that the defensive line just gets like insane pressure yeah, and yeah, yeah. like makes Aaron Rodgers' life miserable and makes them start making like some really bad decisions. But I feel like even if they force him to throw, he'll be able to find like two decent lofts to mm -hmm. Devonte Adams or something where he's like basically kind of wide open, gets him in stride and they have like two seventy and, and a 55 yard touchdown. Um, you know, and it kind of can, can just uncork the offense at any moment in time. It could be third and 12. And, you know, it's one of the, yeah. one of the huge downsides of having, you know, an exploitable secondary like Washington has had all season I just don't know if this, this is going to be that game hmm. where they they outperform. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to go Packers. 
Um, I'm going to give you Jets, Patriots, Jets plus seven and a half in New England. Well, the question Over is... under 42. The question is, did the buy help the Jets or not? Obviously. So there's two, there's two pieces of information. Obviously, the bye week, everyone knows. But the one that I think people are going to be less um, less up to speed on is, you know, let's not forget they already played. So there, there's a level of for Zach Wilson. And who does that give an advantage for? Hold on. I think Zach Wilson. Hmm. Because he can't play any worse. So at least now he has an idea of what to expect, even if he doesn't even know what to expect of what not to expect. Like... Hmm. So that in itself should mitigate the unforced errors. And if the offense has proved it all in the bye week, it's just a, it's a lot of points. Like, you know, and Patriots are not explosive. Like, the only reason they crushed the Jets to begin with is because they had those four just, I mean, that, that's, mm-hmm. you know. So if you mitigate the turnovers, there's, you know, Jets Jets should cover. So. What about yeah, Mac I, Jones? I think, Don't you think Mac Jones getting better? Yeah, I think he's getting better, but the they, they just don't have the weapons, and so the offense is not explosive. So really, the only way Patriots are going to get over 24 points in a game is with turnovers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jets, what, scored 11 the first game, I think, or something? You know, can they get 17? One more one more score? One less turnover? So do you think you Zach know? Wilson's going to be the last turnover prone? Yeah, I mean, less than four. So maybe two. Well... Maybe zero. zero. Do you want to make a bet again, on that? And, and again, the Patriots defense is not over under zero point five turnovers. Um oh def- over over point five. <laughs> Less than one point five. Less than one point five. At like plus one forty. <laughs> <laughs> um I think he's still gonna be turnover prone. Uh, I oh, think yeah. we've seen already what the Jets have done in multiple times, like where they let him be aggressive and it hurts him, and then they try to be too conservative, and then that hurts him as well. Yeah, yeah. They're, figuring they're figuring yeah, it out. They're figuring. Yeah, they're figuring. Yeah, they're figuring out. But I don't know if they've figured it out by week seven. Uh, and I think you know, maybe Bill Belichick is going to have the throw different things the, at him. But now the bye week, there. I guarantee you, the bye week is a. Let's figure out how we can beat the Patriots. Like, like so the two two weeks to prepare for a team that they just played, not just a team. Like they just played the team. I think that I think that's material edge. So you're getting mm-hmm. seven and a half. Like oh, that's a just yeah, it's a lot. It's okay. it's way too many points. So. Okay. Your turn. Um, how many more do we have? Is the last one? Uh, I got you. Got two more. Two more for me, one more for you. How many more games even? Do we even have enough games to pick? Um, Let's Panthers go. At, Panthers at Giants. Panthers minus three. I'm going to take the Giants. Oh, wow. Plus three. God, you've totally left the Darnold band. No, I haven't. No, because one of the things we, you know, you and I have talked about quite ad nauseum offline, especially around betting the Panthers. We don't bet the Panthers minus three on the road. We don't do that. Yeah, yeah. We take the Panthers in advantageous situations when the market sells off on them. This is not the market selling off on them. Minus three on the road? 
Oh yeah, it's a big. Why are they mercy? I don't care who it oh, is. Wait. wait, 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 wait. Hold on. You're right. Why are the Panthers minus three on the road? I mean, this is not again. This is not a high conviction play on the Giants. This is a for sure. You don't bet the Panthers. Yeah, minus no, you three can't on the road. This doesn't make like, any sense. Panthers are so Pan Panthers are six points better than the Giants. Is that what this is saying? Well, like under like a traditional handicapping. Scenario, yeah, that's, I'm like, saying if this was a traditional, yeah, implication. Yeah. I mean, well, the Panthers are definitely better than the Giants. Six. Way they're the Giants are so banged up. I really got to look at the injury report because I assume that's primarily what's driving this. Because uh, the Panthers are definitely better than the Giants. But I mean, the Giants are coming off a miserable performance. Panthers are coming off a performance that probably the score looks a little bit closer than like they played for you know seventy five percent of that game. Um, Obviously, a lot of cracks in the Panthers. There's some comments coming out of that locker room as well, like from Coach Rule and things like trying to like emphasize the running game. And you know, you really just hate to hear that. Again, it's not like the Giants have a sharp coaching staff either. Um, as a game, I don't really probably want to bet. I don't. I don't know. But again, you're putting you're putting it to me now, and I'm gonna t say Giants plus three. Actually, I actually I think I'm I'm on that now. Makes more sense than last week. Um, okay, last game yeah. for you. I'm gonna give you the game we talked about a little bit earlier. Falcons minus two and a half on the road in Miami. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. I I like the angle that it's not time to fade. It's not time to uh, get on the Dolphins yet. Um, that's next week. Yeah. So situationally. And it was a heartbreaking loss. Like, I think Dolphins probably think they should have won that game. For sure. So, you know, long trip. It's it's a long trip. Like, people who haven't gone to Europe, it's really dumb to then You're come in back. Europe. and I'm in Europe. Um, you, when, you fly to, when you fly to Europe, depending your flight and how your rest goes, you can be jet-lagged for, like, eight days. Like... It, it, it can it can extend longer than anybody thinks. But what I would say about that is that's typically when you're going someplace, you're staying there for a week or two weeks, like you've adjusted. It's not like they went to Europe, adjusted, and then are coming back. I mean, I'm yeah. sure obviously there's still a weird, wonky craziness, but they were only there for like a few days. Like I don't, I mean, is that enough time to really well, discombobulate yeah, but a, your? Yeah, I think I think the yeah, discombobulation, okay. and then when you come back, you have to like readjust. Um, so, I mean, they're definitely not like, they definitely had a day or two of not feeling a hundred percent. Um, so plus with the Falcons having the bye week, I got just like, man, why'd you And they're coming off a good performance actually too. Something where maybe things started to click with Kyle Pitts and Matt Ryan. And Calvin Ridley should be back. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think I could play Dolphins here. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. Could be right. Take, could be right. Not Falcons. not quite yet to buy the Dolphins, but mm -hmm. one if more they week. Put in a poor performance. Yeah, one more week. But this, but this one uh, makes. Sense. We don't even know who they play next week. I don't care who they play next week. Bet the Dolphins next week. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm gonna go uh, bet them right now. <laughs> um. So last one. I'm not even sure who I have left. I think I'm gonna go Colts, 49ers. Yeah. That's Colts a tough plus one. four and a half. Yeah, I'll probably, do Colts. Colts. I'll probably do Colts. Is Garoppolo is Garoppolo playing? I presume. 
I mean, this is really, really. If it was ugly. Lance, Colts would be a slam dunk for me. You know, I, I, I actually, I'm not gonna. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, I'm gonna do Niners. It's, I know, it's, it's just enough points to make you uncomfortable. Yes. Uh, Niners coming off their bye. No. I guess I guess how uh, getting how healthier healthy. and the Colts are getting injured again yeah. from last week. So I want to look at more in their injuries. I know they lost, you know, their offensive line got banged up again. Paris Campbell banged up, like, yeah. T.Y. Hilton got banged up. <laughs> like he came, he came back, looked awesome, was making like great plays, and then left the game. Yeah. So I feel bad for yeah, that. That's fair. That's fair. So yeah, I'm going oh. Niners minus four and a half. And in fact, I think maybe you might be getting a little bit of a discount due to the Colts kind of putting in back-to-back -back pretty good performances. One that was on prime time versus the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. And then another one where no one probably watched it, just looked at the box score and be like, oh my God, Colts like crushed the Texans. Like, well, also a good point to kind of remember uh, for this game is Colts, I mean, this is a little bit of an awkward travel spot, you know. They, they had the Monday night game, short week, Texans, and now they got to fly out to the West Coast again. So it, it's not not an ideal rhythm as far as uh, the last two weeks goes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so you have Bengals, Lions, Seahawks, Jets, Falcons. Wow, I think you, you picked every Ooh. bottom five team. Five team. Uh, wow. <laughs> Definitely uh, going to lose. <laughs> I got Bears, Raiders, Packers, Giants, Niners. Uh, you so want to trade? You no, want to trade your five for my five? No. And I only feel confident maybe about two of those at this point in time. Yeah. So we'll see how this plays out. But um, so that wraps up this week's edition of Reviewing Week 6, Previewing Week 7. Thanks to everyone for listening, for maybe watching if you're watching. This is the first time we've done a stream actually in quite a long time. Um, getting our, our, our ish together. Um, so again thanks for listening watch us maybe next time um uh and that will wrap up this episode that's the closing bell